today I want to share something, uh, something that uh, I think is a struggle for a lot of us, you know, uh, and uh, we go through this time and again, we have this battle time and again, and many a times when we are brought down by something, when we allow ourselves to be brought down by some kind of force that is not, so, some kind of force that is not something uh, from the kingdom of God, when we allow, but when, when we allow, you know, things of the world to get to us and bring us down and weigh us down, it stops us from doing things that God wants us to do. It stops us in our path to believe God the way we, we, the, the way we would like to believe, you know. And my message today is titled very simply, when you don't feel like it. When you don't feel like it. What is the one thing that you don't feel like doing? when you are upset, when you feel that the whole world is crashing down on you, what's the one thing that you don't feel like doing? Jonathan, you say something? That's it. Since Jonathan is the only one who answered, that's what I'm going to go with. That's what I'm going to go with. One of the things that we don't, one of the main things that we don't feel like doing when things bring us down, when things are, you know, when, when, when things are not going so well, things are not going so good, you know, especially in our families, especially in our workplace or in our environment, one of the things that we don't like to do is pray. Can we all agree with that? I myself included, okay? And uh, we don't like to pray. We don't like to call on God's name. But we really need to understand we really need to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to understand why the Holy Spirit has, given, has been given to us. And we need to value the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the purpose, the purpose, the power, and the reason why the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. But, you know, when, when we were expecting our first child, Ilana, this is now 12 years, 12 years ago. And uh, we're super excited, and uh, it came to the point that, uh, I mean, I, I, got, I got really impatient. You know, the, doctor, the doctors told us that uh, your child's going to be born in the first week of November. And so I was super excited. I was super ready. We went to the doctor the first week of November, and the doctor said, come back next week. I got irritated with him. Okay, I mean... Uh, sometimes we, we men, we, we think different, you know. We're like, just get done with it. But uh, he's like, just come back next week, very casually. We went back next week, and he was like, uh, come back next week. I'm like, can't you make up your mind? I'm like, you said in the first week. Now you're saying in the second week. He's like, no, the baby needs to come down. I'm like, what do you mean baby needs? So I got really upset, okay. And then... Uh, it just so happened that uh, in the in the third uh, towards towards the, the sometime in the third week on the 18th on the no on no November 18th uh, uh, I was just about to start uh, the youth meeting at our house and uh, my wife just came out and said we need to go now I'm like we need to go where she's like <laughs> she's like I'm bleeding we need to go now and. Uh, we went to the hospital in the evening, and uh, we got a bed, 
and uh, the doctor wasn't there. So they said the doctor's going to come in a few hours. And I told my wife, I'm like, listen, this is, this is how they play you out. They're going to say the doctor's going to come. The doctor's only going to come tomorrow morning. So we'll go back home. So I said, listen, I know the doctor's not going to come tonight. He's going to come tomorrow morning. So I'm taking my wife back home. So they, gave, they said, fine, that's up to you. Just fill in this form that you're taking your wife at your own risk. I'm like, we'll check in. We'll check in. It's okay. And uh, truly, the doctor came next morning. He didn't come that night. He came the next morning. And uh, uh, I couldn't stay. I kept asking my wife, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And then next morning, the doctor came in and then he said, we'll wait. I said, you, you said that two weeks ago. So, you know, we'll just wait. And then uh, around, uh, around 3.30, and I was super excited because he was going to allow me to come inside the operation theater. You know, I was super excited. And uh, then he, he comes and he, he checks, he checks, you know, Olivia checks the baby and he says, uh, the baby has passed meconium. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to monitor the baby for one hour and then I'll take a call. And for me, it was, you know, the same thing happened to me when my mom was pregnant with me. And uh, my thoughts were going to that. Uh, now, when, uh, when you say you pass meconium, the baby passes the stool inside the stomach. And if, you, if the baby swallows it, it can lead to as, asphyx, asphyxation pneumonia. But when I was being born, the doctor told my dad, you have to choose between your wife or your child. Because it wasn't so advanced at that point in time. So obviously my, wife, my, my, my father chose his wife. But then you see me standing over here because I couldn't, I had to come, you know. And so when the doctor said that for Livia, uh, I was, you know, it got me super nervous. And he said, I'm going to wait for one hour. And uh, after one hour, he said, he came and he checked the baby. He said, the baby swallowed the meconium. I have to take her in right now and we have to do a C-section. He said, I can't let you in. I'm so sorry. You can't come in, but give me your mobile and I'll record the entire operation for you. So we've got the entire, we've got the entire thing uh, recorded. But I was out there, you know, to say that I was like, man, I, was, I knew everything was going to be great. And I did not know what to pray. I did not know what to pray. I did not know what to do. I, I could just say, I could just walk up and down that, corridor, that, that hospital corridor and just say, oh God, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I don't really know what to ask. I can, just, I can just call out to you. And thankfully, you know, everything went well. Everything went well. A couple of years ago, even when my youngest daughter, Zoe, had this burn that many of you knew about, my mind wasn't working. You know, I couldn't think straight. I was in that hospital and they were just dousing saline over her. And I couldn't think straight. You know, I, I, I didn't know what to ask God. I didn't know what to cry out to God. I didn't know what to say. And I was like, God, I just, I just don't know what to say to you. I just don't know what to say to you. Uh, this happened in Jan. This happened in Jan in, in, in 2020. In 2019, December 30th, God gave me a word that for the year 2020, you're going to experience the joy of the Lord like you've never experienced before. And a couple of days later, this happens. And I'm like, how do you define the joy of the Lord? How do you define the joy of the Lord? You know, but I didn't allow that to bring me down. I'm like, God, no matter what, I'm going to trust in you. But I seriously did not know what to say to God. I did not know 
what, are, what did come before God and ask? And you know, I learned something very, something profound from that experience. The more something means to you, the harder it is to pray. The more something means to you, the harder it is to pray. And the reason why we can pray so easily for others is because uh, we're not that deeply invested in them. Don't get me wrong when I say this. It's very easy to pray for somebody else's health situation or a family as much as we genuinely pray, but we're not that deeply invested in them, so it doesn't affect us so much. You know, it doesn't affect us so much. It's relatively easy to pray a brief prayer for someone who's, who's battling some kind of disease, who's going through something in their marriage, who's going through something in their individual life. It's very easy to pray for someone in another country, in Thailand, in Botswana. People are struggling over here. People are really, uh, uh, people are really seeking God and they're trying to get some kind of help here or there. It's really easy to pray for all of that. Because you don't know them personally and you'll probably never meet them. And you don't have any personal investment in them. But it is much different when you try to pray for those who are closest to you. The more you care, the harder it is to pray. You know, sometimes things happen in family where you don't have an answer. You're praying and praying and praying and praying and things happen. And you don't have an answer. And then you come before God and you say, God... I don't even know what to say to you anymore. It's not that I've lost my faith. I trust you. But I don't even know what to say to you anymore. I just don't know. You know, when it comes to those things in life that really matter, whether it's your husband, your wife, your children, your loved ones, those things are hard to pray because those things are really close to your heart. And it's precisely at this point that the text that I'm going to share this afternoon, Romans 8, 26 to 27, this text assures us that when we can't pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. When we can't pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. When we can't find the words, the Holy Spirit speaks to the Father with groans that can't be put in words. And when we aren't sure how to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us according to the will of God. This is a wonderful promise of God because as we go through life, we face many situations and we will face many situations where we simply don't know how to pray. And in those moments, we can be sure that God, the Holy Spirit, is praying for us. So this afternoon, I just want to touch on three things. The first is our weakness. Say our weakness. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 26a, which is the first part of verse 26, it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. You know the word helps out there? Is such a rich word. It's such a rich word that pictures someone helping another person carry a heavy load. It's like this man who's walking and trying to lift up this log and he's dragging it and he's having difficulty in doing so. And then someone else comes along and helps lift up that log 
and carries his burden, helps him carry that log. Together, they carry that log and it makes it easy for each other. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He continually comes to us and helps us with our heavy load. He continually comes to us and he helps us with our heavy load. We need the Spirit's help because we are so weak. The word weakness is the same word used for sickness in James 5 verse 14. James 5 verse 14 says, If any person is sick, call the elders of the church and they will pray for him and they will anoint him with oil. This is the same word. The word weakness here is the same word used in James 5 verse 14. It refers to those moments in life when we are physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted. How many times have we tried to pray and we didn't really know what to ask God? How many times we've tried to pray and we didn't really know what to ask God? And this normally happens when we are faced with a crisis or when we try to pray for someone else who has given us some kind of disturbing news. In the first place, we don't really know the future, so we can't tell how things will turn out. Second, we don't know what is best for us. We may think we want a new job because we can't stand our boss, and then God gives you that new job, and your boss is ten times worse than the previous boss. And you're like, God, now what? I asked for a new I asked for a new job. You didn't pray for the boss. You didn't say, give me a better boss. No, I'm being very honest. You know, on a deeper level, married people may dream of being single again. No, I'm being very honest. You know, I'm being very honest. You know, but we need to understand. We, need to, we, we, we may never understand what people go through. We may never understand the pain involved. We may never understand the cry. You know, I've heard some very disturbing uh, uh, parents as well. Some very disturbing parents as well. Uh, I mean, not, not disturbing parents. Because they're disturbed, they make certain comments. But some very disturbing sentences, you know. Uh, I'm talking about Christians who said that, I wish I never had this child. You know, I'm being very honest. I've heard things like those. You know, and we may, we may not necessarily understand what someone might go through, but... It doesn't, give us the, it doesn't give us the right to make sentences like that. But it's in those moments, it's in those moments when we're stuck and we don't really know what. We're so, we're so done. With, we, we, we may feel like we're so done with life, we're fed up that there's nothing more to ask God. We don't even know what to ask God. We don't even know what to, how to even cry out to God and ask for help. You know, we don't really know what to pray for because our vision is so limited. We see only a tiny fraction of the universe and our perspective is inevitably tainted by selfishness. How can we be, how can we be sure that what we're praying for is what God wants? How can we be sure that what we're praying for is what God wants? This is what Ecclesiastes 6.12 says. For who knows what is good for a man in life during the few and meaningless days he passes through like a shadow. The answer is we don't know what is good for us. When we were little, our parents used to tell us, eat this, you'll become strong. Eat this, it's going to be good for you. You know, and we just kept, eat, we just kept, kept eating and eating and eating. 
nothing had nothing really happened it's just the parents wanted us to eat certain things whether it's spinach whether it's broccoli whether certain things they kept saying eat it eat it eat it it's good for you but to be very honest we're not sure we're not sure we're not so sure anymore in fact we're not so sure about anything there are many times in life when the only thing that we can do is cry out god just have mercy i don't really know what to say to you i don't really know what to come before you and say, and, uh, and ask you but god just have mercy but the second thing we come to is the spirit's help say the spirit's help but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that the words cannot express we need the help of the holy spirit because at times we don't know how to pray paul says the spirit intercedes for us with groans that cannot be expressed in words literally it is wordless groans in those moments when we cannot pray the holy spirit prays for us it also means that when we lift up our feeble and even ignorant prayers to god the holy spirit takes them and translates them into the language of heaven now no one really knows how exactly this happens because it is a ministry that goes on between the spirit and the father by but i imagine it is something like this we pray for a new job okay we pray for a new job but the holy spirit speaks to the father like this father he thinks he wants a new job because he's weary of the pressure but i know it is your will that he learns to depend entirely on you so father please don't give him the new job right now give him supernatural strength and please send a christian along to give him some encouragement you know many a times when we pray for a job and god gives it to us and we go around sharing the testimony this is what i prayed for and god blessed me with it and something happens along the way i can't take it i can't take it listen you need to understand and you need to be mindful of this one thing that god will not put you in a place and god will not god will not put you in a place or a situation where you cannot handle what is in front of you god knows what you're capable of he knows how strong you are and he knows that you are a lot stronger than you think you are and so god's not going to put you in a place to suffer he puts you in a place to grow and prosper and so many a times people they get a job no this is not it i want to pray for a new job and i encourage people god gave this to you you know how long you waited this is a blessing of the lord do not leave do not leave and you know it's 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 such a it's such a beauty you know in understanding the commentary related to this passage of scripture that when we even pray out things the spirit intercedes on behalf of us and see although what we pray for although what we are praying for may be completely different the spirit prays and intercedes in accordance with god's will what god's will needs to be for your situation like i said i imagine it would be like this god don't take away his job but give him supernatural strength give him supernatural strength and the right people around him who will encourage him and let him let him or her realize that this is a blessing from the lord and because like i said the holy spirit always prays according to the will of god that's the prayer that is answered that's the prayer that's answered 
We don't pray for people to lose their job, right? God, please make this guy's uh, a tyrant. Please make him lose. Please make him lose uh, his or her job. I hope none of us pray like that. Listen, I'm not perfect, okay? In case you're thinking, I don't. Uh, we all have our shortcomings. We all have our shortfalls. So I'm just giving you an example. Even if you have to pray for, even if you have to pray a prayer like that, the Holy Spirit, I imagine, would probably tell the Father, God, actually, what He's saying is. Help him start a new relationship with this person. Give him the ability to have, an, uh, to have a relationship with this person. Give him the ability to see this person from your perspective, not from the worldly perspective, from your perspective. Because, listen, God's not going to take away someone's job, right, and put them out of, of getting an income or cause them to suffer. No. God wants to do what his perfect will is for you. You know, Matthew Henry says that the Holy Spirit excites praying graces. He makes us want to pray. He teaches us how to pray. And he helps us as we pray. And when we can't pray at all, he prays for us to the Father. What a blessed promise and encouragement. You know, sometimes we are so confused, worried, hurried, pressured, so ill and so, dis so distracted and tired and so weary that words will not come. And often the best prayers are unheard and even unspoken because they arise from a broken heart to God who hears the groanings that cannot be put in words. The last thing that I want us to look at is our confidence. Say our confidence. Say it again, our confidence. The first thing we looked at was our weakness. The second thing we looked at is the Spirit's help. And the last thing we're going to look at this afternoon is our confidence. And the Bible says, verse 27, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. How do we know that God hears those inarticulate groanings that come from deep within? Verse 27 declares that God constantly searches our hearts. Because the Father knows what the Spirit is thinking, there is perfect intimacy and perfect harmony. There's no contradiction between the Spirit in our hearts and the Father in heaven. When the Spirit intercedes for us, He always intercedes according to God's will. So when we pray, we say, in, we say what is on our hearts, and the Spirit says to the Father, what He really means is this, if He knew better. This is what he would ask for. He would say, she wants to be like Jesus and this is what she really needs. God already knows our deepest desires. You know, sometimes we talk about having an unspoken prayer request. We've all been in those meetings, right? When people said, you know, you didn't want to give out your prayer request and people would be like, is there any unspoken prayer request over here? Have you all put up our hands? Because those things are very close to our heart. We're struggling with it. You know, and we don't want to let it out. But before God, there's no unspoken prayer requests. He knows anything and everything that's going on deep inside in your heart. That's what verse 27 reminds us. There are no unspoken requests. Like the old gospel song says, Jesus knows our every weakness. He knows what we need before we even ask him. 
You know, I'm just trying to jump. You know, the, the Holy Spirit comes along us, comes alongside us to help us. The Spirit who is himself the third member, just, just, just hear this out, okay? The Spirit himself who is the third member of the Trinity prays to the Father who is the first member of the Trinity in the name of the Son who is the second member of the Trinity for us in our moment of weakness. The Spirit himself who is the third member of the Trinity prays to the Father who is the first member of the Trinity in the name of the Son, the second member of the Trinity for us in our moment of weakness. And you may feel like in our moment of weakness, man, I'm going to give up. It's too hard. But don't beat yourself because there's someone interceding for you. There's someone who hasn't given up on you. And, 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 and it's not only intercession being made on behalf of you, as intercession is made on behalf of you, and as it goes to the source, which is God himself, you can be rest assured that no matter what you might be facing in that situation, it is about to turn around. It is about to turn around. It's so amazing. It is God praying to God in God's name on behalf of God's children. What an amazing thought. In your weakness, when you feel desperate about the things that truly matter to you, and you don't, know, you don't know what to say, and all that you can say is, oh God, the message is don't worry. That's enough. That's enough. Because there's someone who's praying for you. We know that Jesus is in heaven praying for us. Romans 8.34 says this. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, enthroned by God at his right hand. And I love this part of this, of this verse. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? You know, and the picture of that is shown in the life of Moses. When Moses had Aaron to lift up his hand, you know, he couldn't do it. Aaron, the meaning of Aaron is actually high priest. Is actually high priest. And our high priest is Jesus. So Aaron lifted up his hand and then her came and lifted up the other hand. And her, the meaning of her is light. And the Holy Spirit is the light. So you have Jesus who's the high priest and the Holy Spirit interceding on behalf of you, carrying you up. How much more of an encouragement do you need this afternoon? How much more of an encouragement do you need this afternoon? Does that mean our prayers are in vain? Not at all. Does that mean that we shouldn't pray since the Holy Spirit is already praying for us? No, 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 no. It simply means that we are weak. You know, and there's a limitation of our perspective on life. We see the part. We see in part, the Holy Spirit sees the whole. We see one little piece, the Holy Spirit sees the big picture. We pray according to the little bit that we can see, the Holy Spirit prays according to his perfect knowledge. You know, I really like these words of Henry Viscardi. And it brings this truth, it, it brings this truth 
in a very powerful way. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of others. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. Most richly blessed. In closing, I just want to remind you, I want to say that Romans 8, 20, 26 to 27 tells us that when we are so discouraged, when the pain is so deep, the disappointment is too profound, the sense of loss so overwhelming that we can't put in words, the Holy Spirit says, my child, I understand. Let me take over. Let me take over. I'll talk to God for you. Let me take over. And he prays for us with groans that words cannot express. Even when no one else cares or understands anything around us, even when the present is bleak and the future a dark mystery, the Son in heaven and the Holy Spirit on earth are interceding for us. We are being prayed for by the number one prayer team in the universe. We are being prayed for by the number one prayer team in the universe. Our prayer team also is pretty awesome. But we are being prayed for by the number one prayer team in the universe. One is above and one is below. And we are right in the middle. That ought to encourage us. That ought to encourage us. You know, God's given each one of us the, the, the gift of, of, of prayer. You know, prayer is a great weapon. It's a weapon that can bring down and tear down anything. You know, I remember in this book that I was reading, I uh, can't get the name of the book right now, but it's by, Jim, it's by James Gall. And it says, oh, it's called Prayer Storm. The name of the book is Prayer Storm by James Gall or Jim Gall. And he says, our highest place of power is down on our knees. Our highest place of power is down on our knees. You know, prayer was never meant to be a burden, but rather the source of unlimited blessing for us and for those around us. And God has made it possible for us to pray about anything, anytime, anywhere. And when we can't pray, when the words won't come, when we don't know what to pray for, God has given the spirit to pray for us. What an honor, what a privilege, what a gift, and what a God who would make such a provision for us. You know, when God created us, he thought of everything and he took care of everything so that you and I can not only have a full life, but we would never allow ourselves to be in a place where we, where, we, where, we, where we would be shaken or brought down. But God's desire is to always lift us up. And that's what he will do till the end, till the very end.